Good morning to you, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Good morning to you, sons and daughters of the House of Prayer Ministry. I come to you this morning, glorious Friday morning, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today I'll be talking about the fact that words can make a life. Words can make a life. Remember, we're in this year focusing on words. It's a year of new words. So one of the things that I want to guarantee, I show you what can do, and probably one of the most important, is the fact that words bring life. Words can make things alive. Words themselves are life. The word of God is life. When we talk of words, we're talking of the word of God, of course, not just vain, ignorant uh, words. We're talking of the word of God. A word born, bred, couched, in the word of God, laced in the word of God. Let me let's turn to John 6 3. John chapter 6, verse 3. That's our anchor scripture. It says, The flesh profits nothing, it is the spirit that brings life. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. The flesh profits nothing. This is Jesus talking. He says, The flesh profits nothing, it is the spirit that brings life. And the words that I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. In other words, the word brings life. By extension, by understanding of that scripture, it's telling us the words that I speak unto you, they bring life. So words bring life in three dimensions. It brings life in the spirit, brings life in the soul, it brings life in the body. Because man is a tripartite being. Man is spirit. Man, you don't have a spirit, you are a spirit. Man is spirit, you possess a soul, and then you live inside a body. So, the word of God, the word of God that you speak is able to bring life to the spirit level. How do I know? The Bible makes us to understand that they who are dead in the spirit because of sin have been brought alive by the word of God. It says, them that were dead in the spirit, their spirit has been, them that were dead, their spirit have been brought alive because of the word of God. So the word is able to impart your spirit. When you receive the word of God, you have been dead in sin. Your spirit is dead because of sin. It's numb, it's dead, it's impervious, insensitive, unresponsive to the things and the word of God. But then the word of God, when you receive it, when you receive the engrafted word of God in your heart, it brings to life your spirit. So the word of God, number one, is able to bring your spirit to life, is able to give life to your spirit. Number two, the word of God is able to bring life to your soul. Remember at one time after Jesus, okay, let me start by letting you know that the soul is the seat of the emotions, your worries, your fear, your concern. It's the seat of your intelligence, your fears, your emotions, your worries. So one time when Jesus Christ was telling the disciples to say, look, a time is coming when the world, I'll be betrayed, I'll be killed, I'll be crucified, I will die, and you'll all scatter. Terrible things will come to you. And the Bible says they were all worried and sad. Their emotions were troubled. And so Jesus spoke to them. He says, be of good cheer. 
be of good cheer. So the word of God, the word of Jesus was able to make them cheerful, to turn them from gloom and sorrow to cheerfulness. So the word is able to bring life to your soul. It's able to change your feelings. It's able to make you move from sadness to joy. It's able to change your emotions to positive emotions. It's able to change your fear, to take away your fear and make you confident and bold. It's able to take away unbelief and bring faith. So the word of God is able to bring life to your soul. And of course, the most common and the one we probably most use too, the word of God is able to bring life to your body. The word of God is able to bring life to your body. We see all this in scripture, every healing, every healing by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the apostles, it's an indication of the power of the word to bring life to the body. So every time when God speaks, when Jesus speaks, he speaks life. When he says, rise up, that word was bringing life to a body that could not rise up. When he says, eyes open, your eyes be open, that word was bringing life to eyes, because that's flesh now, that could not be opened or could not see. Let's take a case that is quite interesting, the case of blind Bartimaeus. The Bible makes us to understand in the book of Mark chapter 11 about blind, Mark chapter 10, I'm sorry. In Mark, yes, blind Bartimaeus, the Bible says he sat by the roadside begging. And then he had an encounter with Jesus. And there are two key things I want us to note about the issue of blind Bartimaeus, about the power of the word of God to bring life irrespective of circumstances and hindrances. Blind Bartimaeus' case, he has a special circumstance, two of them I will talk about. He was hindered by people. The people did not want him to encounter the word of God. The people did not want him to come to Christ because he was crying, Oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples and those who were following Jesus told him to shut up. So there were opposition to him receiving the word. There were hindrances. He was disadvantaged. Those who should have aided and helped him were actually the ones who were stopping him from coming in contact with the word. So this tells us that the word of God is able to overcome opposition, to overcome contact, to overcome any contact, anything related to you that wants to hinder it from penetrating you. It's able to overcome it, get rid of it, and impart your body. Jesus is the word. I hope you know that. He is the word made flesh. And so Jesus saw the opposition, saw the hindrances, saw the naysayers wanting to stop the body of blind Bartimaeus, the eyes, from receiving life from the word. And he spoke and he says, bring him in. That alone tells us that irrespective of oppositions, irrespective of what you are going through, circumstance that wants to hinder you from receiving the word, the word is able to assist you. The word is able to reach over the circumstance reach about the oppositions, the naysayers, the hindrances, your family, your friends, your situation. The word is able to reach over them and touch you. If you will persist, all Bartimaeus had to do was to persist. If you will persist, the word will touch you. If you will persist, that word will work in you. If you will persist, that word will reach your heart and it will do what it's targeted, programmed to do in you, irrespective of the hindrances and circumstances. The other thing about blind Bartimaeus' case that is very interesting is the fact that he was ignorant. 
You may not be fully accustomed. You may not even know all the scripture. You may not be perfect in the knowledge of the word of God, but the word can still reach you and heal your body. You don't need to understand who Jesus is, who God is. You don't need to understand the exegesis and the intricacies of scripture for the word to reach you. Blind Bartimaeus kept screaming, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But we know that Jesus was not the son of David. The son of David was Solomon. Of course, when you trace the geology, you can be able to link the two. But in, in this context, in, in reality, Jesus was the son of God. So he did not even have the perfect knowledge of who Jesus was. Jesus was the son of God. Jesus was God. But he kept calling Jesus son of David. The ignorance of the real reality of who Jesus was at that time and who he should be called did not stop him from receiving the word. Jesus overlooked his ignorance. He overlooked his naivety and still the word reached him and healed him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And also the case of Lazarus is powerful. Lazarus was dead. It means the body, the ears, the organs could not even receive the word consciously. So the word is able to reach and bring life to even what is dead. What can does not have the advantage of a receptive organ. For instance, those whose legs are paralyzed, eyes are blind, their ears can hear the word. So it penetrates and reaches their heart and works. So the spirit does not need your ears to work. The spirit in the word does not need your hearing to work. Of course, we know that. It does not need any part of your body, any part of your physical organs to be alive in order to work. It works on its own. Because Lazarus was dead, so nothing about his whole body was alive or had the capacity to, uh, uh, how do I put it, to receive and understand and assimilate the word. The word on its own is able to work even on dead tissues, even on dead organs without you even being able to consciously receive it with your senses. I'm trying to drive a point home here. Because sometimes we want to emphasize the fact that for you to be healed, you must first receive, you must understand, you must assimilate, you must meditate. Yes, those things have their places, but God is God. He made the rules, He can change the rules. Well, in some ways. God is God. He can do what only He can do. He can do whatever He wants to do, and nobody can question Him. He lifts one up, he pulls one down. You can't ask him why. So, Lazarus was dead, who could not even hear and appreciate the word. Lazarus was dead, who, could not, who we could not save, was exercising faith in the world, even though these days we teach faith, we teach how you should receive the word, and it's valid, it's important, I'm not pulling it down, but we have to understand that what makes him God is that he's God, he makes the rule, and he can do whatever he chooses to, to do. So a dead Lazarus was 